Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. This series on Sunday evenings, I've entitled it Counseling Classics, and, and, uh, and, and what that means is this is not on Sunday mornings, we're going verse by verse through, right now through the book of Genesis, but on Sunday evenings, we're taking uh, passages, principles, uh, <clears throat> portions of Scripture that I found, Bill, coming up over and over and over again in counseling. And uh, where I was meeting with folks, and I would say, well, let's go to this passage, and here's some truths for that situation. And here's something, and we've looked at, you can go on our website, and one of the reasons I did this was so that in future counseling, I'll be able to say, under this series, instead of trying to look back through, under this series, you can go on this, and here's a message I'd really encourage you to listen to. And I've, I've done that with some of these already, as, as I've been preaching through this this year on Sunday evenings. We're probably only going to have two or three more, probably, messages in this series, and then um, we'll see where we had. I have two different things that I'm praying about, where we had next on, on Sunday evenings, our next uh, preaching series. So you just pray that all have the mind of the Lord and have wisdom there. But tonight, the title, the title of the message is, When Life Gets Crazy. And how many of you understand that when folks are looking for some counsel or some advice, often it's when life gets crazy. There's something that has happened that's unexpected. There's something that's happened that's maybe unwanted. There are situations, the valleys and the trials, the difficulties of life. And they'll come and say, Pastor, this came out of nowhere. Pastor, this happened here. I don't know what to do. I don't know. What, 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 what do you think? What are your thoughts here? And, and this passage has been one and these principles that I think for for some of us, we can tuck away, hopefully, or maybe it's, we need it right now. You feel like, man, my life is crazy right now. And there are different levels to this of craziness. I, I think all of us, we can turn on the news at just about any time and, and feel like the, in some ways the world has gone crazy. But what about our individual lives? When we get into that, those places, it's been said, I've heard, and I, I've heard a pastor say before, that, that in our lives, it's almost always that we're either uh, entering into a trial, I'm sorry, we're in a trial, we're coming out of a trial, or we're about to enter into a trial. I don't know, sometimes that feels a little doom and gloom to me, like life is just one big, ugly trial, and life is full of a, a lot of amazing blessings and joys and wonderful things from God, and I don't want to have that spirit that I'm just always looking for the boogeyman around the corner, where is my life? life going to go bad next. But here's the reality. The Bible says, man that is born of woman, his days are few and full of trouble. The Bible does tell us that in this fallen, sinful, broken world, we're going to walk through some heartaches. We're going to walk through some difficulties, some things, and the more people that you know, and the more people that you love, the more heartaches are going to come into your life, or burdens, or times of mourning with them that are mourning, weeping with them that are weeping, and more, uh, by the way, the more people that are in your life, and the more people that you love, the more blessings you have in your life as well, and the more times of rejoicing with them that do rejoice. And, and so don't, don't become a doomsday, the world's ending, God's lost control, everything is bad, Christian. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
But the reality is that we will walk through different struggles and trials, sometimes of our own making, and other times of someone else's making, and other times things that God allows into our lives that we don't view as good, but He allows them for our good and for His glory. And what do you do when life gets crazy, when, when, when you're in a crazy season of life, a, a situation that maybe to you feels hopeless, inexplicable, unexplainable, life-altering, how should we respond when we face these times? Life doesn't get much crazier than Matthew 1. Matthew 1, what you find as you read the story of Matthew 1, you find two young lovebirds at the most exciting point of their lives. Young love, Joseph and Mary espoused, or we might call engaged to be married. Undoubtedly, they're picking out wedding colors and planning the honeymoon. They're, they're reserving the camel. They're going to leave the church on. She's all over Pinterest and Instagram and all of those things. The wedding scrolls have been delivered. I don't know all that they did for their things there, but all of, all of these things getting ready for this big day, the happiest time of their young lives. We pick up the story in Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18. Would you read Matthew 1 verse number 18 aloud? Actually, let's, let's, let me read the first half here. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. We know the end of the story. Spoiler alert, right? We know what happens here. And for us, that phrase is filled with all kinds of hope and joy and glory and wonder. The birth of Jesus Christ. But I want you, when you read the Bible, stop and think about what was actually happening in the lives of those we're reading about. Look at verse, now would you read, let's read the whole verse together. Matthew 1, verse number 18. Ready? Begin. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Stop and think about those words. She's getting ready to get married in a culture, by the way, that what she just found out would destroy her name and her reputation and her future forever. She's about to get married. She's about to marry the love of her life, the one that God had planned for her, and she finds out She's expecting a baby, and she has never known a man. Life just got crazy. What should be that finding out either that you're getting married or finding out that you're going to have your first child should be the, some of the happiest moments of our life, and undoubtedly what we would view as maybe one of the happiest moments of life is now undoubtedly for Mary in this moment the worst day of her life. And by the way, of Joseph's as well. Life just got crazy. Unexpected, unexplained, and may I say, we'll read it in Scripture, some of these things. I think we can say as we study the different passages, Luke 2, Matthew 1, in some ways unwanted. Unexplained, 
un, uh, unexplained, unwanted situations and trials in an, an unexpected, unexplained, unexpected, and unwanted trials. How do you explain verse number 18? Mary, who was engaged to be married, a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, was found with child of the Holy Ghost. How do you explain that? How do you wrap your head around what's happening? How is Mary going to recover from this? Everyone is going to be talking about her. What is Joseph? What is Joseph going to think when I tell him? What are my parents going to think when I tell them? What's going to happen when this happens? What is God doing in my life? Life was turned upside down, never to be the same. So what did Mary do? What did Joseph do? What did they do, and what should we do when life gets crazy, when the unexplained, unexpected, and maybe even unwanted circumstances of life come in? What should we do? I want to give you four thoughts, four actions for when life gets crazy from this passage here, because if you live long enough, it will, it will get crazy on more than one occasion in your life and in mine. How should we respond in those seasons? Number one. I want you to see, look at verse number 19 and 20, if you will. So she's found with child. Look at what Joseph does in verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. Now, Joseph did not blow up in anger, and that was a good thing. But he decided to take action. He had a mind, here's what I'm going to do. To put her away basically means to break the engagement. And he was not going to try to make a spectacle of her. He was not going to make a public embarrassment. But had he acted on what his first instinct was, it would have negatively affected Mary's life forever. To put her away, she would have been damaged goods. They would have been, their their engagement would have been broken, they would not have gotten married, and she would have basically been cast off as, as a disrespected, dirty, damaged goods of society. That was his first instinct. But notice what happens in verse 20. Do you see the first phrase of verse number 20? But while he thought on these things. What should you and I do when life gets crazy? What do I see here in the life of Joseph and of Mary? Number one, I would encourage you when life gets crazy, number one, pause. Pause. What did Joseph, he had, he had an idea of how to react, but instead, while he thought on these things, because he stopped he could, have blown, he could have yelled at Mary, I can't believe this, how could you embarrass me, this and that. He could have gone all around town, this, this ungodly, wicked woman, get her out of my life. He could have done all, he could have also handled it the way he thought he was going to handle it, which would have been with more grace in class, but still would have destroyed her life. I'm going to put her away privately. He could have done all of these things, but what did Joseph do? He did not make a rash decision. He did not make a quick reaction while he thought on these things. The Bible doesn't tell us how long that was. Was was that the first day he found out? Was that the first night he found out? Was that the next day? Was it a week later? We don't know. But notice what it says in verse 20. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The very last thing he had planned to do after he had found this out is exactly what what God wanted him to do. And he never would have known it had he reacted. But he paused. 
And he said, God, I don't know what to do right now, but I'm just going to pause and take some time. And God came in, in in the stillness of that and came in and filled in those blanks. And God led him to do the right thing, which was something he never intended to do because he paused. And, and again, I don't know how long that was, but, but we do the opposite, don't we, don't we when, when life gets crazy? We do the opposite, don't we? We make big decisions. We blow up, we burn bridges, we send emails, we make phone calls, we make it all work, we're going to figure it all out, and I'm going to get justice, I'm going to get that right, and I'm going to fix that, and I'm going to prove that one wrong. And often when life gets crazy for us, we go into attack mode of figuring, out, figuring it all out, and often what the best thing to do is when life gets crazy is just to slow down, to stop, to ponder to pray, to wait on God. You've heard me say this phrase before, but don't make major decisions when your decision maker is broken. You know, in the big situations, the crazy circumstances of life, we're usually not thinking clearly enough to make big decisions. When our hearts have been broken, when our lives have been turned upside down, Gina, we met, I guess, about a year ago now, right? I think it was this summer. Your husband had gone to heaven, and we were talking about what was next, and here's what I told Gina. And we talked about, and we, we prayed about some things, and she shared some things about what she was thinking about and praying. And when, it, when, her, when he first went to heaven, we said, don't, we don't need to make any major decisions right now. Let's get you through these first few months. And then last summer, what we said, what we said was, and I even have this in my notes, but I just thought about it when I saw you sitting there, what we said was, let's make it to next summer. Let's, all, let's communicate every month via email, let's meet, let's talk, how you're doing personally, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Let's figure those things out, and let's get to next summer. Why? Because when the, the love of your life, the husband of your life, the father of your children is, and you are now left alone, you're not in any place, and I wouldn't be either, uh, to make major life-altering decisions. When life-altering circumstances come into our lives, we're not in any position to make life-altering decisions. We're often going to make unwise, emotional, irrational decisions. And what was the, the counsel there? I wasn't just kicking the can down the road with her. Let's give God, let's, let's let you grow. And and heal, and let's get another, and then let's sit down and talk about what is God doing? How is God leading? What, what is the best thing for you and for your family and for your kids? And I would say, I think Gina could look back and say, I'm in a totally different place today than you were 12 months ago. There's something that God does with time, with healing, with guidance, and with wisdom and those things. And, and in your life and in mine, something happens that we weren't expecting, and immediately, well, I've got to do this, and I've got to go there, and I've got to run here, and I've got to end that relationship, and I've got to move my family there, and I've got to find this new job, and whatever. You fill in the blanks of whatever the situation is, and often the best thing that we can do is to think on these things, to pause, to pray to seek godly counsel of people that have a little more clarity right now than we do in our clouded minds in the midst of that trial. It's interesting in our lives uh, how, how that works, but, but don't make a life-altering mistake in the midst of a life-altering trial. Did I say that again? Don't make a life-altering mistake in the midst of a life-altering trial. Your heart is broken, you've been hurt, you've been, you've been wounded, you've been betrayed. Be careful about making a major decision. Well, I'm leaving my marriage, I'm leaving my family, I'm leaving that church, I'm leaving what, whatever it might be. Be careful about making life-altering decisions, life-altering mistakes in the midst of life-altering trials. Guard your heart and pause. 
What do I see next? Hold your hand here or put a marker there in Matthew 1. Would you turn with me over to Luke's account of this same story, Luke 1. Turn over to Luke 1, if you will, please. Two books over, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter number 1. I want you to look at Luke 1, verse number 28. What do you do when life gets crazy? Luke 1, verse number 28. Luke 1, verse number 28. The Bible says this, and the angel came in unto her, talking about Mary, and said, Hail, thou art thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. This sounds really good. The angel comes and says, Mary, you are, you are a blessed woman. God has chosen you. God loves you. I lost my handkerchief that I grabbed. Where did I put that thing? And I'm starting to sweat, so I wanted to try to find it. I don't know what happened to it. Oh, well, I guess not. Did I throw it somewhere? What in the world? The angel comes. I don't know. All right. Well, oh, well. Won't be the first time. Sorry. Luke, I just had it. Did anyone see I was using it? Maybe I put it in my suit coat. I don't know what happened. Got one there, DJ? I don't want to use yours. All right. Luke 1, verse 28. He says, what a great verse. Blessed Art thou among women? We view that as the angel of the Lord came and told Mary what, a, what an amazing, wonderful. And notice Mary's response. Look at verse number 29. And when she saw him, she was what, church? She was what? Talk to me. She was what? Troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What we view as, that's amazing, God chose Mary to bring His only begotten Son into the world, the human vehicle, the human, uh, that person to come in. That is amazing that God allowed that. She was troubled. What's the next verse? The angel says to Mary, fear not. What did the angel have to say to Joseph when we were reading? Fear not. You know why? They were scared to death. Life is crazy. I don't know how I'm going to get through this one. I don't know what God's doing here. I don't know how God could use this for his glory. I don't know how we get to the other side of this. I don't know how I'll ever be the same. I don't know how my life will ever be what it should be again. And what does the angel say? Fear not to Joseph. What does the angel say? Fear not to Mary. She was troubled at her saying. When when it first came, Mary was troubled. What's happening? She casts in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What is God doing? She struggled. And by the way, be careful about the thoughts that you struggle with in the midst of crazy situations in your life. What is God doing here, she says, but skip down. For, you can read the whole passage later, but for the sake of time, skip down. Verse number 34, Mary's trying to make sense of this in her life, what God is doing. Look at verse 34, Luke 1. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How am I going to have a child? I'm not even married yet. How is this possible? She's trying to make sense of what God's doing in her life. Have you ever been there? God, what are you doing? What are you allowing? How could this be? This makes no sense. It's not, it's not right. It's not fair. It's troubling. I don't know why you've allowed this into my life. God, what are you doing? The first thing that we ought to do when life gets crazy. Talk to me, church. Number one, we should what? Pause. While he thought on these things, number two, look at verse number 38. It continues on. She has a conversation with the angel of the Lord, and look at verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. 
and the angel departed from her. I wrote in the margin of my Bible right there three words. She said yes. What do you do when life gets crazy? Number one, pause. Pause. Number two, what should you do when life gets crazy? Number two, embrace it. Accept it. Trust God. Mary, that was not her first response. Her first response was fear. Her first response was troubled. What God was doing, it's troubling, it's, it's crazy, it doesn't make sense. But by the time we get to verse 38, what has Mary done? She's embraced what God has allowed into her life. She still didn't completely understand it, but she trusted him when she didn't understand. She maybe, I don't know for sure, she maybe still didn't like it. Maybe this wasn't the path she had planned for, well not maybe, this was definitely not the path she had planned for her life, but maybe this still was not the path that she wanted for her life. But she comes to a place, she says, behold, the hand, the handmaid of the Lord, be it according to thy word. I surrender and I submit to your word and to your will. I surrender and I submit to your word and to your will, Lord. I will, I'm going to trust you when I can't trace you, God. If this is what you have for me, I embrace it. What did, what did James say in James in chapter number one? My brethren, count it all what church? Joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Embrace it. Uh, that sounds so weird to me. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, different troubles and trials. Count it all joy. What is the writer of James saying? Embrace what God has planned for you, even when it's, when it's unexplainable, when it's unwanted, when it's unexpected. Embrace it, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, if any of you lack wisdom. Wisdom, by the way, why would he put that in context? And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Why is that there? Because where do we need wisdom? Wisdom is discernment, knowing the right direction to take. We need wisdom, we need discernment when we don't understand what's happening. Count it all joy when you go through hardships. Embrace it, knowing this, that the trying of your faith Work with patience. And if you're struggling to count it all joy, if you need wisdom on how to proceed, ask God. He'll give it to you. He doesn't hold back. He wants to give you that wisdom. What, what did Paul say to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians? He said, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Would you say that that first verse there, uh, that first portion of that verse, would you say that life just got crazy for Paul? A thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. An unexpected, unexplainable, unwanted trial. Am I right? And notice what he says when life gets crazy. What does he say? He said, he said in verse number eight, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. I didn't like it. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yes, he prayed about it and asked God to get rid of it, but he waited on the Lord. And then notice what he says. He said, I learned to embrace it most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then this is a crazy verse. Therefore, therefore, because of what I've learned to embrace 
the craziness of life, to embrace the unwanted seasons and trials and circumstances of life, to trust God when I don't understand what He's doing in my life. Therefore, because of what God's taught me, I take pleasure in infirmities. What kind of weird guy was Paul? Who takes pleasure in infirmities? I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Why? For when I am weak, then am I strong. I've learned that God comes through and works in mighty ways in my life when I don't understand what He's doing, when I can't sense where He's leading, when I don't know why He's allowed this into my life. Those are the times sometimes when God is the closest and God is strong through me and God gives me His grace and He promised that His grace was sufficient. Paul said, I got to the place, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses. I take pleasure. Why? Paul said, I've learned to embrace the parts of life that I don't understand, and by the way, that I don't like. He asked God to take it away three times. What does that teach us? He didn't like it. He didn't want it. He wished it was different. It's okay to wish some things were different. It's okay to not understand what God has done or is doing. That's okay. What's not okay? I I would say, some people say, don't question God. Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I've heard it said this way, it's okay to ask God why, it's not okay to demand an answer. He's not always going to tell us what he's doing and why. That's where faith comes in. That's where we have to rest in him and trust him, and we have to embrace it as Mary. I don't know what all this is going to mean. I don't know what everybody's going to think about me, but behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it according to thy word. Yes, I will walk the path you've called me to walk. I'll do what you've called me to do. Paul, I've learned to glory in my infirmities. I've embraced those seasons. Turn back, if you will, to Matthew, and let's wrap this up. Matthew 1, look at the next verse. So while he thought on those things, the angel said, fear not. Look at verse 21. Verse 21, would you read verse 21 aloud with me? Matthew 1, verse 21 aloud. Thank you. Matthew 1, 21. Let's read that aloud. Ready? Begin. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel said to Joseph, she's going to bring forth a son, and you're going to call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It's really the first time that Joseph understands God has a big purpose in what he's doing in their lives. And here's the third thing when life gets crazy. Number three, seek God's purpose in it. Pause. Don't react. Sometimes don't even act. Just wait on the Lord. What what did God tell them when they came to the Red Sea? I preached about it a few weeks ago, the dangers of delay. What did he say? He said, stand still. He said, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Pause. We want to fix it all right away. We want to figure it all out right away. And sometimes God just wants us to wait on him, to rest in him, to commune with him, to meditate upon him, to pray to him, to wait, to slow down. Pause. Then come to the place that you embrace it. Be it according to thy word. I embrace it. I count it all joy when I fall into diverse temptations. I I glory in my infirmities. The things that I didn't like, the things that I asked you to take away, now I get excited about them. 
because you've used them to draw me closer to you. Embrace them. And then thirdly, seek God's purpose in it. Seek God's purpose in it. Learn to say, God, I didn't choose this, but I believe you can use this. I didn't choose this. Joseph said, I didn't ch- I'm, just a, I'm just some carpenter in some small town of about 200 people that nobody knows, and this is the life you have. I didn't choose this, but I am going to trust that you have a purpose in it. I believe that my heartache can be used for your glory. I believe that my confusion can be used in your clear will. I believe that my misunderstandings and my doubts and my fears, that God, you can calm them and you can show yourself strong. Your grace is sufficient for me. See the good. Ask God to magnify himself in the midst of your storm. Ask God to magnify himself. That's what, Pastor, that's what Brother Jay Shaner has said about his cancer. My prayer request, and he, he's never asked me to pray um, necessarily that his priority was that God would heal him. We did have a time with some of our pastors where, as the Bible talks about, we anointed him with oil, and we prayed over him several years ago. And I, I believe that Jay and Betsy would be thrilled if God would choose to heal him here on this earth. But that that has not been his number one prayer request. That has not been his number one priority. By the way, he will be healed, whether it's here on, on earth or there in heaven. But Jay's prayer request has been, God, magnify yourself through my trial. What is he saying? God, I'm seeking your purpose in this. Would you use this, that, that, that maybe I didn't want, that I didn't like, that I can't explain, would you use it for your glory? He shall save his people from their sins. God has a bigger plan than you can ever imagine, Joseph. God has a bigger plan than you can ever imagine, Mary. God's doing a work that you can't, you can't, you can't comprehend. God will make this trial. You have to believe that God will make this trial a blessing. What does the Bible say in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 28? And we know. Paul said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? It's easy to believe that and to recite that verse when someone else is going through that crazy season of life. But what about when it's you and what about when it's me? And God, how could this be good? And God, how could you use this? And, and I'm troubled. Why would you? I haven't even known a man. Why would you let me? This happen to me. I'm troubled at your saying. Fear not, Mary. Okay, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to believe that you can use this for my life. And then, lastly, what do you do when life gets crazy? Verse number 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, notice this. What's the next verb there? When Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And took unto him his wife. He didn't put her away privately, he married her. And he knew her not till she had been brought, till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. What did the angel say in verse number 21? You need to call his name Jesus. And he called his name Jesus. What should you do when life gets crazy? Number four, obey. What do I mean by that? Do what you know is right when all of the circumstances of life seem wrong. Keep doing what you're supposed to do when you can't figure out what's happening. 
You don't understand why God allowed this trial, why God allowed this circumstance, why God allowed that call from the doctor, why God allowed that layoff at work, why that financial reversal came, why that health struggle came, why that friend of all those years walked out of your life, why that family member hurt you. You can't figure those things out. What should you do? Keep doing what you're supposed to do. What did Joseph do? He took her to be his wife. The Bible said, the angel told him, Take, don't, don't be worried, get married. What did Joseph do? He obeyed. What did he do? He did what was right. The Bible said he didn't know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. He, he, he kept doing what was right. He kept living in righteous ways. He kept living in holy ways. The angel had said, when he's born, call his name Jesus. What did Joseph do? When he was born, he called his name Jesus. Joseph did what the Word of God said to do when he didn't understand it whatsoever. And just I, I just have to imagine, do you really think that every one of Joseph's friends and family members believed this crazy story he told them? Maybe they did. The Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of detail, so I don't want to overstate. But, but I can't imagine that everybody that found out about this just took him at his word that, oh, yeah, 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 the Holy Spirit, she's expecting from the Holy Spirit, and they've never been together, and now they're getting. You know, I, ha- I believe, and um, this is my opinion, this is not scripture, it's my opinion, I believe there had to have been people that talked about them and gossiped about them and said, oh, yeah, Joseph and Mary, the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you hear that story? Boy, that's, that's quite the story. And there had to be people that didn't believe them and that talked about them and didn't understand them. And, and I, that's my opinion, again, where, where the Bible's clear, I want to be clear, where it's my opinion, that's my But just knowing human nature, I have to imagine some things like that happened. And what did Joseph do when he didn't understand what God was doing and when others didn't understand what God was doing in his life? What did Joseph do? He kept doing right. He stayed faithful to God. He listened to the voice of God. He followed the Word of God. He did what the angel of the Lord had told him. He named Joseph. I don't know how all this could work, and, and God's sovereign, and God has his plans, I don't, but I don't understand all of this. But humanly speaking, Joseph, it, it seems like to me, had he responded in a wrong way, could have messed some stuff up. He could have messed Mary's life up a little bit. He could have, that was his initial reaction had he not trusted God. But God used he and Mary to bring the Savior of the world and bring them up, uh, to bring Jesus up in their home. Keep doing what God's Word teaches when life gets crazy. If you're at a, if you're at a point like that where, where if you're at that point in your life, stay faithful. Keep praying. Keep serving. Keep reading. Keep trusting. Uh, w- reach out for help. Life will get crazy. And God, if you'll let him, the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to those that are called, the called according to his purpose. If you'll let him, God will, I didn't say God can, God will use this trial for his glory. It might not be without tears. It might not be without pain. It might not be without agony and loss. But God can and will use this if you'll follow him and if you'll let him for his glory. Maybe you're in a spot where life's kind of crazy. Some really unexpected things have happened. Some really unexplainable things. Some really unwanted things have entered into your life. And if you're not in that spot, praise the Lord. If you live for any length of time, at some point you will be. The unexpected, unexplainable, unwanted seasons of life. Paul didn't want that trial. Joseph didn't want this news. Mary didn't want this. They were troubled. What are you talking about? How could it be? But what do we learn from this young couple whose lives were turned upside down? 
It was the will of God, but it seemed like the worst possible thing in the world. Isn't that interesting? The worst thing they could imagine was the perfect will of God for their lives. What did they do? And what can you and I do in those seasons? Pause. Slow down. Stop. Wait on the Lord. Seek his face. Get into his word. Pastor Tomlinson, seven years ago, right now, I was getting ready. I guess it would have been right about now. I probably came down to uh, visit with the deacons. And then the next night, I flew back down to visit with the staff on a Wednesday night. And we were praying about, uh, did did our family believe that we would come and he would present uh, with the deacons' uh, um, uh, nomination, that he would present our our family to the church to vote on us as the next pastor. And one of the things he said in that several-month-long process before we ever talked about those next steps, he said, go and take some time, take a few weeks and just spend some time in prayer and seek counsel and get into God's Word. Because guess what that season was for us? Life got crazy out of nowhere. Everything we knew, our entire lives were in a half-mile radius. We walked to church every day. My mom was a bike ride away. My wife's parents were a bike ride away. My wife's two siblings and their families were a bike ride away. Uh, my, 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 the grocery store and the school and the church and, and, and the baseball league that we ran where the kids played and our home and all of our immediate family members' homes, parents, were all in a half-mile radius. We had all both been, it's the only church we'd ever been a part of, my wife and me both. All of our, we were raising our children with the children of the best friends that we grew up with in school. Life was pretty comfortable. And this process, life got crazy. We didn't understand all that God was doing. It wasn't something we expected. It wasn't something we were looking for. And Pastor Tomlinson, an older, seasoned, wiser man, you know what he said? He said, don't make any big decisions right now. Take some time and seek the Lord. Read his word. Spend some time in prayer. He said, I'm going to do the same, and I'm going to ask our church leadership to do the same. And, and spend some time and reach out and seek counsel with those that might have a little more clarity than you and might have more wisdom than you have right now, might have some more experience than you do. You know, it's a great reminder. What do we do when life gets crazy? Pause. I got to do it right now. That, you, you know, if you're like me, I make, uh, I make obsessive, I make compulsive decisions sometimes. And you go down and, and you go to the car lot and they're having the most amazing, I just happened to show up on the car lot the day they were having the most amazing deal in the history of that car lot. I've got to buy it today. No, you don't. Slow down. Guess what? Tomorrow's going to have an even more amazing deal when you walk onto that car lot. Slow down. We make big decisions. We rush into them. And sometimes we end up making big mistakes. Pause. Get to the place that you may not understand it, but you embrace it. God, I trust you. I count it all joy. Most gladly, therefore, like glory in my infirmities. Be it unto me according to thy word. I don't understand what you're doing, God. And I'll be honest, I really don't even like it, but I embrace it. This is what you have for me. This is the road you have me to walk. I embrace it. And so you pause, and then you embrace it. And then number three, what do you do? You seek God's purpose in it. God, would you use this, what seems to be my pain, for your glory? Seek God's purpose in it, and then just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Keep loving, keep praying, keep, keep giving, keep serving, keep going, getting into God's Word, spend time with Him, Keep doing what you're supposed to do, and it's amazing 
if you'll do that. And some days it's just a step-by-step journey. I got to get up today and all I know is I got to spend a little time with God today, right now, this morning. And then I just, I, God, you've got to give me, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this day. God, you've got to give me the strength through this day. Not this week, not this month. There have been some that I've counseled in here. We walked through some difficult seasons of life. And I've told you, don't worry about what a year from now looks like. Don't worry about what five years from now looks like. Don't worry about what 10 years from now looks like. Ask God to give you the grace you need today. We need to get through today trusting Him. And you know what you do? You do that for a day, and then a week, and then a month, and then a season, six months, a year, two, three, five, ten. We're so myopic. All we can see is the heartache of the moment. You know what happens? You get here a year or two or five or ten down the road, and you look back, and it doesn't mean we always have all the answers. It doesn't mean it always becomes clear. It doesn't mean that, oh, now I understand why God let that complete heartache come. He doesn't always give us, that's where faith comes in. But you know, often what comes back, you look back and say, I can see how he guided me. I can see how he provided for me. I can see, I had no idea I was going to make it through that day, and I made it through that month. I had no idea I was going to make it through that month, and I made it through that year. And I made it through five years, and, and, and I'm closer to God now than I've ever been. And, and I, I understand God's Word now more than I ever have, and I can help people now more than I ever did. And when we're in the middle of those moments, we don't ever think that that day is coming. But if, like Mary and Joseph, they came to a place where Mary saw her faith become sight, she trusted the Lord when probably no one, almost no one around her believed her or thought that what she was saying was true. But she watched her son, yes, with a broken heart, but she watched as he bled and died to save his people from their sins. And she watched and saw the Messiah, her Messiah. She said, my Lord. She saw that all the pain was worth it. Maybe the ridicule was worth it. The mocking was worth it. Why? Because God used me. He used me as the human instrument to bring his only begotten son into this world. And looking back some 33 years later, aren't you glad that Mary responded correctly when life got crazy? And may I just say, whatever you're facing today, you'll be glad some three years later or 13 years later or 33 years later if you respond correctly when life gets crazy. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.